0: Well, we are live, and what an ordeal that it's been to get on this evening, and that just indicates to me that what we're about to do is really ticking off the enemy. Uh, Just before we got started at the 8 p.m. hour, my computer decided to completely freeze and go through uh, all sorts of shenanigans, and then my wife goes downstairs, and kitchen cabinets start opening themselves uh, by themselves. Uh, We got everything worked out, and uh, yeah, we're living stranger things over over here. And you know, I think the reason why the devil is so mad is because we're, we're gonna really tick him off. We're gonna talk about the prophetic tonight. We're gonna talk about the real prophetic. You know, Raven's Heart is a prophetic arts podcast and live stream. And usually each week we talk about um, the artists and we talk about the art. But tonight we're gonna journey into the very misunderstood realm of the prophetic. And to help us do that, we're gonna have a friend of mine, Angela Henderson. And I don't know what it is that she doesn't do. She's an author. She's a businesswoman. She's an inspirational speaker. She is a, uh, oh my goodness, ordained minister as well. And she's going to join us and help us get a better understanding of the prophetic realm. Angela, we 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 made it. This is absolutely amazing. We did it. Hey. <laughs> you go. We did it, and I love seeing that little eyeball up at the top with all the little numbers by it. That means that people are have caught us and are tuning in right now. Good. Thank you for joining us. And hey, if you're watching us on YouTube Live right now, go ahead. And subscribe and hit the bell at the bottom. Angela, thank you so much for joining us this evening and dealing with like some of the most intense warfare we've had over here in weeks.
1: Oh my goodness. Dealing with it. That's my life. That's the story of my life. So I mean, I feel quite at home.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so good to have you. Let's talk about the prophetic and get right into what we're going to talk about Um you know the prophetic the, the term can be used in many different contexts what does it mean to be to be prophetic in a biblical or christian context
1: sure i always tell people okay it's prophetic not pathetic and, <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes you know maybe we feel that way but i absolutely love it it is my life i didn't realize that that's what i was or was a part of me but it's very special It's very unique. It's being able to capture and hear the voice of God. It's being able to call forth those things that aren't as if they are. It's seeing what God sees. It's looking beyond the outward and calling forth the gold um, and watching it manifest. I love it. It's all about encouragement. It's all about uplifting. Um, It's all about preparing people's hearts to receive something beautiful that God has prepared for them even when we have to give those words of warning, it's not about judgment and it's not about like, okay, this is your doom, but it's to give opportunity for transformation to take place in in a person's life so that they can receive the blessings that God has for them. And rather than walk in the curses of sometimes what our choices and decisions, you know, um, bring into our lives.
0: That's a very good way of putting it. And I like how that you put it, that it's not about doom because A lot of times when you talk to people in church, they've envisioned the prophet as this old hermit dude that lives in a cave and comes out with the long bony finger. And I actually got mine stuck in the car door today, too. It's been it's been one of those days pointing out and saying, you know, exposing sin. You know, that's the job of the prophet in some churches and, and doom and doom and gloom and, you know, shaming people. What is the role of a prophet in the church today?
1: Yeah. Well, one of the things that I teach and I lead a company of prophets and I'm just so honored to have that opportunity to do so is I teach about encouraging people, helping people to discover what God was thinking when he thought of them. We were all at one time a great idea and um, and we were a total package when the Lord put us together in our mother's womb. So we were everything that we needed was right there. But what's happened is that there's an enemy of our soul who also saw that package and has spent our entire lives trying to take that package apart. And so that's why we've needed Jesus to come to restore us, to put our package back together again. And the role of the prophet is to help people recognize the good that is inside of them, not the bad. I mean, we all know we're bad. You know what I'm saying? We all know that we got those weaknesses. The enemy works overtime exposing that in our life. And sometimes we come into an agreement with that and we think that's who we are. But the prophet comes in and speaks truth as to who we are. And that's what God was thinking when he thought of you. Now let's go back to that original design and call that forth.
0: So basically what the prophet is to do is to cut through the noise of the realm of darkness so that we can hear clearly what God is speaking because there's so much static on that frequency. Is that a good way to put it?
1: I couldn't have said it better myself, Glenn. I like that.
0: (laughs) Uh, We'll we'll, we'll stick with that one. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, and we've got our Lithos Cry family. They are tuning in. We've got Tiffany, our good friend Tiffany, and she, she functions in the prophetic as well. She's watching and she really agrees with that word. Yes, transformation. What a word. And that's what it's about. It's not about the gloom and doom. And Even as you said, if it is, I mean, my goodness, when Jonah showed up in Nineveh and said that if they didn't repent that they'd perish. It. They all repented and were saved. And their entire nation was was set free from from sin. They were transformed.
1: Yes, they were. And that's one thing. Um, what I do is I love working with prophets, with the person of the prophet, because like Jonah, sometimes we can get a little attitude with God um, because maybe we take things personally, what has been done to us or, you know, said to us. Um, I read somewhere where Jonah's assignment was like maybe having someone go to Adolf Hitler and say, okay, Adolf, you know, turn to God. He wants to change your heart, you know, after he had done all those evil and horrible things to the Jewish people. And so it was a fearful task for Jonah, as well as just something that was really personal. You know, it was offensive to him because he felt like they should pay for what they have done to the Jewish people. But So that's why I love working with prophets to work with the person of the prophet. So the prophet is healed. They're not speaking out of wounded souls. A lot of times we get very judgmental in our words because we're hurting. So it doesn't come from the voice of God or the heart Mm. of God. The word itself may be a God word, but the delivery may not be. And so therefore, it's not what God wanted to begin with, you know. And so we have to be very careful with that and make sure that we're healed so that we can really speak from the heart of God. And God is all about bringing people to a place of repentance because he doesn't want anyone to perish. No one.
0: And it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. Yes, sir. Absolutely. It is. And I like what you say about Jonah going to somebody like Adolf Hitler, because if you take a look at the way the Ninevites were, They were worse than ISIS with the things that they were doing. It was a, you know, we we think Bible times that everybody was, you know, just kind of doing the right thing. Ned Flanders in it, you know, even the bad guys were pretty good guys, but there's nothing new under the sun, especially with what we saw with Hitler, what we saw with ISIS and what we see with the evil in the world. It just continues. It's a, it's a cycle. It's what um, is spoken of by Solomon in the book of Proverbs, nothing new under the sun. And they were just as bad as ISIS was. So let's dive into a little controversy here, and I know I'm probably going to get some emails when we get into this. So God speaking prophetically today. There are some who would say that this does not happen because now we have a complete canon of Scripture. And because we have the canon of Scripture, God don't do that anymore. But you and I know that that's not true. He does speak today. Why does God speak to us prophetically, even though we have a complete Bible. And how does the prophetic tie into the Word of God?
1: Absolutely. We can back everything up with the Word of God. You know, the Holy Spirit, He's not just one thing. It's a continual movement And I always tell people the book of Acts is really the only book in the canon that's not completed. It's still being written. And why is that? Because, well, we're now Acts. Um, You know, it's been passed down from generation to generation to generation. And so I often like to think of it. So, you know, the word of God came into the heart of Angela Henderson and then she went out and did this, this, and this, or was led by the Holy Spirit to do this, this, and this. And you could put your name in that too, all right? The Word of God came to you. And what did you do with that? How did you allow Him to use you? Where were the places that you followed Him, where He took you? And the great things that happened because of your commitment to the Lord in operating in the gift that he instilled inside of you. And in that same canon, we read of how there were gifts that were imparted into people, not just then, but now too. All right. As we see in that New Testament. And so this is a continuation um, that continues to flow and be passed down. That's why we still have the word so active and alive today. It didn't get lost Somewhere in another generation where it just didn't get passed down. But people continue to believe and they continue to activate in their gifts, whether they were a pastor. Um, who took care and shepherd, uh, shepherded a group of people or whether they were an apostle that had a mission. And so they went overseas or they you know were in their communities building things and continuing to pass along the word of God or whether they were a teacher that taught the word and, um, and, and, and gave, got, received fresh revelation from the word and inspired us to want to be good stewards and students of the word or an evangelist that went around teaching um, and, and winning souls. And then the prophet that went about declaring the kingdom of God is here. You know, the Bible says how beautiful on the mountain are the feet of those who go and declare, you know, that our God reigns. And so that prophet goes out and declares the kingdom of God is here. It's in you. Wake up, wake up. It's in you. And so when I was growing up, we only heard about the pastor's the teachers and the evangelists. We really didn't talk a whole lot about the prophets or the apostles. Um, As a matter of fact, I thought a prophet was a preacher because my father loved his CB radio and his handle was the prophet. And so I just thought it was a preacher. (laughs) And, And I didn't even realize I was one. And what's so funny is that, you know, even my mom operates in the prophetic, but because back in those days, it wasn't really, um, you know, um, taught or embraced. Um, You know, you just didn't know that's what your gift was. That's what your calling in life was.
0: A couple of things I want to bring up about that that i find very interesting you're talking about how people respond to the things that god calls them to do and i always find it interesting to listen to a cessationist who doesn't believe in any of this stuff that we're talking about say well god called me to the ministry in you know indiana well God just spoke to you, so you really don't even believe what you're saying. you know. And Or, oh, I read the Word of God and I see this in there. Well, it's by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Because I can tell you this much, before I was saved and when I tried to read the Bible, I didn't understand a word of it. It made absolutely zero sense. I was fascinated by it and i kind of understood it on a surface level but the rest of the stuff i just didn't get and i want to talk about a comment that just came up too go back to something that you just said and we were talking about about the goodness of god leading people to repentance yeah. yes so many view repentance as a dirty judgy word but it's a word that leads to purity yeah. we've really messed that up and perverted what repentance is
1: yeah you know sometimes we settle for less than who we're supposed to be and when I realized that I had done that. I I had to repent. Lord, forgive me for seeing myself as less than. You have so much more for me. And I settled for less. And I'm sorry for that. You know, forgive me. And I want to be all that you've called me to be and designed me to be. And I want to go on this journey with you to discover who that is. You know?
0: Yeah. There's something else, too, as we're talking about this and we're talking about hearing the voice of the Lord and living in the book of Acts and those you know, I heard this a lot too, from the, from where I came from background, we believed in this a little bit, but most of it, to the degree that we're talking about, it's like, well, that level of prophetic, if that's happening, well, that's probably of the devil. All right. So I think we give a little bit to, so what you're saying to me then is that the devil speaks today and God doesn't, you know, would you say that that's where, what some people think and what they're doing is they're giving more power to the devil and saying that?
1: Well, it's possible because we're surrendering that gift over to the work of the enemy and it's mm. not Satan's, you know. And the thing is, is that, um, you know, I am a firm believer that those who operate in the witchcraft and the um the mediums and the spirit, they are they are prophetic and mm-hmm. they will have a gift and they have an anointing and a call on their life. And a lot of times maybe that's not been understood or that's been not been nurtured or that's not been. Um, you know, mentored correctly. And so they've just kind of grabbed it on their own and have just kind of gone out with it mm. and are doing what they're doing with it in a fleshly way. And I think sometimes they even mean in their in their mind, they think, well, I'm doing good. I'm trying to help people or I'm trying to, and I've heard it said from their own voices before. But when our heart is not connected to the father, to the creator of all things, then it becomes a fleshly thing. And so it's about us trying to find our identity in that. And that is really not our identity is in God. And then through that, he gifts us to go about, you know, um, through the gifts and the callings that he's given us to advance kingdom and participate with him in bringing heaven to earth. But it's really not something that we just find our identity in and then try to get man's approval from, you know.
0: Let's stop here for a minute because I want to kind of hover on this for a second. What then is the difference between the prophetic realm in the church and the prophetic realm, let's say, in the occult and witchcraft? What is the difference?
1: Sure. Well, let me just go ahead and put this out there. Um, when we talk about the church, um, I would like to, for us to think about what God envisioned for his people, All right, not the organization church because i'm just gonna i say this from the pulpit i don't like going to church i've never liked going to church my father is a minister he's a pastor i was raised in the church um but it was a religious organization and so yes it did cut off some of the beauty of what God was wanting to do in and through his people. So, but I am passionate about being the church and there's a difference in just going and attending and checking it off on your list of things that you've done, you know, so you can be a good person. Um, But when we be the church, it's very different because then we are being what God has designed us to be and what Jesus Christ uh, came and gave his life for. And so sometimes the prophetic in the church can be very pathetic because you, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, it just is uh, because a lot of times we find our, we try to find our identity in that. And so we get very prideful and what have you. And sometimes in the world, um, you know, people are just trying. They're, they're hearing, but they're just going about maybe the delivery and, and not the quite and the right way. So I wanted to kind of put that out there to try to lower some walls as well, because. Folks, if you're out there and you're in the world and you do have this gift, first of all, I want to say that that God loves you so much that so he entrusted you with this gift. He knew that he could do great things within, uh, within you and through you where this gift was concerned. And so I just want to encourage you that you do have a father that really loves you and cares about you and just admires you. You're the apple of his eye. And so he wants you to tap into who he is and find your identity in him and your confidence in him so that you can really flow in this beyond your imagination. And you will really do good things for people. You will really help people, but it won't be a crutch for yourself. Um, One of the things the prophets have a tendency to get very sensitive and very tender. And so even in the church, we can lean towards witchcraft when we use it to try to control people and um, try to get to fear, put fear in them or to manipulate them to do what we think they ought to do. And that happens in the church as well as outside the church. And so the thing is, is to have the healthy relationship with God and just really find out who you are. As his beautiful masterpiece, his awesome creation, and then just flow, just do what you do, and allow him to take that and go be go beyond what you could imagine or what you could fathom, where that is concerned.
0: So, what you're saying, and we know this because it's in Scripture. It says in Romans eleven twenty nine that the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. So, you can have the prophetic no. gift and not even be saved because it's knit in the DNA. Yes, but sir. if we are not tapped into the Father, if we're not moving in the the realm of the Spirit, we are going to you're going to come to a brick wall, and your prophetic gifting is only going to go so far. And this is what I've seen: is I've seen people starting that aren't saved, starting to operate in that prophetic gifting, getting downloads from the Lord, and they're not saved. And yes, that does happen. I'm ready for the emails to come. It does okay. happen. But then all of a sudden it takes a left turn at Albuquerque and then they are like headlong into paganism and and all sorts of other things. So what you're saying, it either goes to a wall and then goes off to the left into deeper darkness. Have you seen that, Angela?
1: I have. I've seen that in my um, just even within um, those that are close to me. Um, I've watched it happen, and um, where maybe they were hurt, maybe in the church, or different things happened within the church. And so, even in their gifting, they turned and went into another direction with that. But the thing is, is that people are fallible. It doesn't matter if you're in the church or if you're outside the church, people are people. So, we're fallible. So, that's why we can't put our trust in people. And as a prophet, you don't want people to put your trust, their trust in you, all right? Even in in the sense of the the world, and sometimes that's what the um, secular people do. Oh, trust me, I hear, I can tell you, I know this. But again, it feeds that that fleshling need that we have for that of affirmation or attention or whatever you know we get out of that. But if we will really put our hope in the Lord and find our identity in him, be confident in who I tell people all the time. Even when I go into schools, I teach the prophetic in schools, guys. And so and they let me. Okay, Mm -hmm. they just don't know that that's what they're letting me do. (laughs) So, So anyway, but I tell them all the time, listen, when you're confident in who you are. You're never going to be convinced of who you are not. And the enemy works overtime to try to convince you of who you are not. You're less than. What makes you think you're this? What makes you think you're that? And so then what we try to do is we try to operate in that gift to prove something. You don't have to prove anything, Uh you know? just be you, be confident in who God's created you to be, get to know yourself. It's important that you know yourself and that you know him. And then when you do that, you're going to be very comfortable in your gift. And you're also going to be comfortable in allowing him to use you however he wants to, wherever he wants to, where your prophetic anointing is concerned. And you won't take offense if people don't get it. And you won't get prideful if people are clinging to you. Because listen, the life of a prophet, they love you one minute and they hate you the next. So you, you just can't go with that. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. got to know who you are and be okay with that.
0: What we're doing here, for those that are just tuning in right now, is we're taking back the things that Satan has stolen. That's 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 what we're doing. Uh, the devil didn't create a single thing in the world. Uh, God created it all. All that the devil has done has taken it. And twisted it and perverted it and turned it into something that is dark. That's what we're doing here. That's why those that are just tuning in, we had so much warfare. We're on a little bit later tonight getting on. As soon as I was getting ready to hit the start button, Angela and I were having a nice conversation. I was enjoying some coffee and the computer just went down. Microphone system went down. Uh, and then all of a sudden, my wife goes downstairs to find the cabinets are opening by themselves. So we're going to have to work on that. <laughs> work on that after this one. So I we do love ent- <laughs> it,
1: Miranda. Name and then like, it's great when does, but it's even better when Hill does. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We've got hell on the run tonight. Yeah. So, in that reclaiming, what advice would you give to someone who has the prophetic gifting? They know they've got the prophetic gifting, but they've not been born again, or they are involved in witchcraft, or they are involved in the occult. What advice would you give them this evening, right now?
1: Sure. First of all, I would just encourage you to um, really get to know who you are. Um, The enemy sometimes has us twisted. I know for me, I grew up in a minister's home and I didn't know who I was. Um, You know, I thought that you could either uh, serve God and have a miserable life, or you could enjoy your life and go to hell. And I was seriously weighing my options here. I was thinking, Hmm, I'm not (laughs) sure. I don't think I can do that. Um, and so all the legalistic and religiosity and stuff like that, it just wasn't, it wasn't me. And, um, I was an obedient child. I mean, I loved my parents and I honored them and I wanted, To do what they were teaching me. And I wanted to believe that all of that was right. And I know they did their best. I know that they taught me what they felt was right at the time. So as an adult, you know, I learned to grow through all of that. But as a child, I just didn't get it. And so I just thought, You know, God maybe created some people to go to hell and other people to go to heaven. And I was just one of those that was going to go to hell because I just couldn't get that. And I was different and I was weird and I was odd. And, you know, I had these premonitions. I had these dreams. I saw things that other people didn't see, even as a child. And um, and so it would scare me. Um, as a child, cause I didn't understand and I didn't have anyone to mentor me through it or to coach me through it or to help me see. So, um, I, I was odd and I was weird. If, if we talked about stranger things earlier. I, I could relate to those kids. I mean, I, I was a stranger thing kid. So, um, I could relate to a lot of things that, you know, their adventures took them on. And so I would always tell stories because it never failed. Everywhere I went, there was activity around me. There would be weird things coming out of the woodwork, literally. And so I would have these fascinating stories to share with people. So I was a storyteller everywhere I went because I would tell about the strange things that would happen. And, um, but for those of you who, you know, are out there and you're just, I know you're struggling. I know you're wondering. And sometimes we might find a, a moment of peace and of confidence because maybe man has approved us. All right. But the minute man doesn't, I also know it crushes us. And so I want to encourage you to really get connected with the heavenly father because he designed you and he created you. He knows about you. He loves you. He understands you because he designed you that way. And so when you get connected there and you just begin to open up your heart to him, not to religion, but to him, to a relationship, Then you'll start to understand yourself a little bit more. You, again, will be confident in who you are. And it doesn't matter whether you have the approval of man. If you do, that's okay. Yay, you, that's great. And if you don't, it's okay too, because it's not about you, it's about them and whether they're ready to receive what God has for them or not. You're just the messenger. But when we do that, we are able to release our gift. And we don't find our, our identity in it. We find it in him. And then we can just be free. You can share it with joy. You can share it with passion. Um, you know, you can... Um, you love it. You just live in it and you walk in it because of this connection with him and it's a freer lifestyle. It really is. It's a freer lifestyle. And so I just encourage you to find that connection and just kind of open up your heart and just, you know, have that relationship with him. And it's amazing the things that you're going to do and the things that um, the person that you're going to become.
0: Wow, we have a question, I and have, I have to do this. I was joking around with Deb tonight about the old Art Bell shows, which I listened to <laughs> and kind of really got uh, into broadcasting from. We have a question from north of the border. Um, it's, uh, Angela, do you find that your prophetic gifting is stronger at certain times, or is it usually consistent day in and day out?
1: Thank you, Tiffany, and that's a great question. You know, I don't really... I don't measure it. And I know that might sound odd. It's just who I am. It's who I, who I be all the day, all, all the time. So it's not like I put on my prophetic hat and then I go out and I'm prophet and then I take the hat off and then I'm something else or whatever. It's just who I, who I am and what I do. Um, so I really don't see it like, okay, God, I'm hearing from you or okay, Lord, I'm not hearing from you. It's, it's almost like I can't help it. I just am who I am. And so I don't know if that's helpful um, and maybe what you're seeking for right now. But again, it's because I find my identity in the Lord, in him. And so then I just I just be and I just love being with him. I mean, it's that that is just it's not like, um, you know, I have my prayer time and then I go out and I do life. That's not it. It's a partnership with him literally 24/7 and there are times that I don't agree with him and there are times that he will show me where I need to agree with him and there are times <laughs> <laughs> and so We have a very unique relationship, but you do too. I know you do. And just be comfortable in that relationship. He loves you the way you are. He doesn't look for ways to zap you over the head and, and, you know, or or chastise you. He loves you. He winks at you. He smiles over you while you're sleeping and can't wait for you to wake up so y'all can do great things together throughout the day. So that's how I see it. And um, I just choose to to flow in that. I look for ways to put my gift to use. I really do. I look for ways. I look for opportunities to go out and let someone know how great they are and what God was thinking when he thought of them.
0: And Tiffany says that's very helpful. She tends to hear him more uh, fluidly in worship and music.
1: Tiffany, I understand that. I do. But I'm going to disclose something to you guys that might really surprise you. Um, If you drive with me in my car, you won't, you're not going to hear worship music. You're probably going to hear the seventies or the sixties or the eighties, uh, jazz. I'm a big jazz fan, but I worship 24 seven. It doesn't matter what is going on around me. And even when I teach my, um, prophetic workshops, when the people come in, they'll come into all kinds of music and none of it will be, uh, the worship music. And why is that? Because I try to teach them, listen, when you're on an elevator with somebody, when you're out and about in the world, you're not going to hear that worship music. You just have to be prophet. You got to be listening and hearing 24 seven. You got to be connected. You got to hear God in the sounds of nature through the streets of a car horn, whatever's going on around you. And a lot of times. especially in the christian world we think i got to get in the mode i got to get in this and i know david even played his harp or you know and and, and listened to music or what have you but we have to be in that mode all the time and so when i te- do my workshops we're probably coming into i can see clearly now the rain is gone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that's my favorite song in the whole wide world so anyway and, and 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 even when we do our activities we'll play all kinds of music because again It's, that's the environment you're in out there. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, uh, you know, okay, let's put on some worship music so I can prophesy now. Because that's not what's happening out there in the real world. And we got to be out there because there are many voices that are resounding out there and people are listening to them. Where's our voice prophets? Are we waiting for that moment where we're in a church service and we're listening to worship or whatever? Or are we being a louder voice out there regardless of what's going on in the world? Are we hearing God?
0: That is so refreshing. And you've come to the right place because a lot of our viewers and our listeners, uh, they listen to all sorts of music, especially on the heavier end of the spectrum. And this is how this all came about, because when I was going through the recovery from my brain surgery, I was not really going to church. I definitely wasn't in the word. Prayer was not something that I was doing. But there were certain symphonic heavy metal bands that I was listening to from Europe that I would hear the voice of the Lord very clearly through that got me in this direction right now where we're at today. So, yes, it does. It does happen. And Tiffany is back with us. She said, that's good. Thank you. I like that you look for opportunities. Thank you. I think you really ministered to Tiffany this Uh, evening. That is awesome. Tiffany,
1: you are amazing and you are um, a very unique voice. And I just want to encourage you. Don't be silent, Um, but look for ways. One of the things, and just to share, and I'm not just speaking to Tiffany, but since we're the ones that are in conversation, but this is for anybody. The life of a prophet, um, God will have us do many different things. So let's just take my hair, for instance. Okay. Uh, this was a journey with him. I used to have long hair and I used to want like this long, flowy hair and I wanted to make it straight. And in reality, I'm a curly headed brunette. And so that, but this is me. And when the Lord first told me to do this, I was like, you got to be kidding me. I've been working for years to try to get my hair a certain way. And I finally got it looking the way I want it to look. And you want me to cut it off? And so he and I had about a 30 minute conversation where that was concerned. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. So I began a journey, but let me tell you, I get more people to, that will stop and talk to me because of my hair. Now it's not that I get it's when, when they first started doing, it, I would say, oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I thank you. I really appreciate that. And the Lord said, Angela, that's not why I had you do that. He said, I'm using that to get their attention. He says, now I want to speak to them. He said, that was like me knocking on their door. They answered. Now I'm mm-hmm. to come in and sup. Now let me talk to them. And so I had to learn that. And this hair has opened up more doors of conversation than than anything. And so whatever God is doing in you that's kind of different or unique or maybe different for you, let him do it. Because he's using that as a tool to provide those opportunities for you to be able to have a conversation so they can encounter the Jesus in you that otherwise you wouldn't have had.
0: Wow. yeah, Wow. So using, he... he- Led you to that something physical that they could talk about, so they would open up the door when they were knocking on heaven's door. Ah, huh? had to throw that one in there. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door, <laughs> and you could. I know that song. <laughs> You could share the word with them. Let's talk about something that uh, you're very much known for. And that's your phrase. It's a good time to be you. You actually even wrote a book about it. We've got the cover down there at the bottom of the screen. How does this phrase tie into the prophetic? And I have to ask this question. How is it a good time to be me if I just got a speeding ticket or, you know, my computer crashed before we did the live stream? How, how does that all tie in?
1: I know. I know. Let me tell you, the first time God told me that I thought he had lost his mind. I'm like, do you really see me? Do you know who I am right now? Because I was on my bathroom floor crying like a baby. My life was a mess. Uh, My husband and I, we were involved in uh, leadership at the church at this time. We were on staff. We were the worship leaders and everything was falling apart the, our marriage was falling apart. Our kids were being harassed by demons. Um, even the worship team didn't like us. We were in the middle of trying to create, uh, record CDs and it was a mess. And so I was on my bathroom floor one morning and I was crying like a baby and the Lord said, but Angela, it's a good time to be you. And I was like, what do you see me right now? Do you know where I am? Do you know what's going on in my life? And you're telling me it's a good time to be you. And he said it again. But yes, it's a good time to be you. And so I grabbed a hold of that and I believed it. Um, I my I have a gift of faith attached to this prophetic anointing that the Lord has given me. And my it's grown um, over the years. And it's just because of just choosing to believe. And so when I grabbed a hold of that, I believed it because in every situation, he says, I'll take all things and make them good. Not all good things are going to happen to you, but I'll take all things and make them good. And so I thought, well, there's got to be some good that's going to come from this. And there was, we learned a lot of life's lessons. We walked through a lot of difficult things. It taught me perseverance. It taught me endurance, not to give up, to mature in these times of, of testing and trial, because it's working, you know, to increase my faith. And so I just learned from that. And it did become my motto in life. So it's not just something that I tell people because I, I, I ain't got nothing else better to say. <laughs> it's life to me. And so I use it to speak life into other people. And um, it's so true. If we can just see God in all those moments, we'll get through it being better rather than bitter, okay? Because we can go through Mm. it and end up being bitter or we can go through it and be better. And I remember there was a time when I went through something and I was on the other end of it and I thought I was doing better, but the Lord had to bring it to my attention. He said, Angela, yeah, you did go through the fiery furnace. You did come out. He says, but unfortunately right now you smell like smoke, my dear. And so, (laughs) so I had to learn, you know, how to come out of those things um, being better and realizing it is a good time to be me.
0: And it's a good day to be me because I am wearing my Red Letter Rising shirt, and the lead singer from Red Letter Rising is actually watching right now. Mm-hmm. And David Bean, and he says, "Rocking that shirt!" So big shout out to David Bean from Red Letter Rising. Thank you for joining Thanks us together. this evening. And I it's love a the good
1: color, red. Red is a good <laughs> color. And look. I got it on tick. So red means action. It means passion. It means driven. It means life. And so when and, and and that's another thing that the Lord um, like uses me in a lot. And and guys, you can get these tools inside of you too. Just study your colors. Just study your numbers. Just study. And and when you get these, uh, when you come across people, oh man, that color looks great on you. Oh, you look like you're a person that's like driven. You look like you're really. You know, active and motivated, and so you begin to talk into them based on what they're wearing, and they want to know how do you know that? And it's just something that the Holy Spirit brings to your attention. He pulls out of you because you got it in you. You see that person with it on, and you can begin to talk into their life, and you're telling them things, and they're wondering how on earth do you know this? And then it just continue. The conversation continues, and the God and God takes it deeper.
0: So let's go back again for David and his band. Oh, he, and here he is. I, I, I want you to repeat this for them. He's like that's good stuff what does the color red mean again prophetically for sure. red letterizing
1: Yeah. Red is great. It means action. It means passion. It also means life. It's the blood. Uh, It represents blood and blood is the life force in our body. So it represents um, blood and or life rather. So it's a really amazing color. It can also represent anger and anger is not a bad thing. Remember, all of our emotions are okay. God designed them. We need them to express how we feel in the moment. Even Jesus was angry. Okay, so it it becomes unhealthy when we get stuck in the moment, but, you know, so it even represents anger. And so what is it that we're angry about that we would be driven and motivated to take action in order to transform life? Yeah.
0: Wow. I love this. Here we are talking about the prophetic and you're just prophesying and speaking all of these things as, as, as we're, as we're talking. And uh, David says, You just described me to a T. (laughs)
1: And and this is David, right? David David
0: Bean, yes.
1: David, let's add your name to that too, which is beloved. Okay. And so you are truly a man after God's own heart. And we know that, you know, God gets angry at times and he's very driven and very passionate about his people. And so you, you have that part of God's heart in you. So keep doing it and keep moving forward and doing what you're doing. You are making a, you're not making a difference only, but you're being a difference and that's important.
0: David, you got your money's worth tuning in tonight. Thanks for tuning All in right. and, and checking out what's going on over here. I knew that this was going to be an awesome addition. And Deb is weighing in too. And uh, she's going going back to some of the comments you were saying about your relationship with the Lord, how there's some times that he's had to pull you out of the fire and like, hey, you smell like smoke and everything yeah. like that. And some days it's awesome. And you're just flowing in the prophetic feel on the top of the world. Uh, Deb, who's got a prophetic gifting and you're mentoring her right now. She says relate. And uh David is like, seriously, <laughs> thank you for tuning in this evening. So it is a good day to be you. And Amen. it's just a matter of the filter that we look at things through then, really. Are we looking at this through the filter of the devil, through the enemy of gloom and doom? or Are we looking through this through God's filter? And there are even secular scholars that have said that our crisis is really our opportunity. Yeah, it's it's
1: You said something great right there, Glenn. I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes the world makes better sense than the church. Mm. And, you know, and it's true because crisis can be our opportunity. And even the world recognizes the power of the word. And they will do a lot of even business. They'll they have a lot of biblical principles that they abide by, whether or not they serve God or not. You know, the biblical principles are biblical principles and they work. And so it's sad, though, that sometimes Christians will close their mind to it because we think we know. We think uh, we understand it. We've read it once and we got it. And the word is constantly being revealed to us. The mysteries of the word. We'll never get it all. But we want to be open to growing and we want to be open to knowing. I tell people all the time, if if you think you know it all right now, then where you are right now is as good as it gets. Are you happy with that? I'm not <laughs> so I want to be open I want to learn there's so much more that I can learn and I I want to learn I want to be open to what God is doing in the now so that I don't miss it you know
0: yeah 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 I went to seminary and I thought I knew everything when I graduated from seminary and it took many years of God spanking my little behind and taking away everything that I had, including my health to come to the point to where I'm at now where it's like, yeah, I don't know much. And you know, the more you dig into the word, you know, every day that I dig into I'm like, I didn't know that was in there. And it's, it's in there. Yeah. I was sharing that with uh, somebody actually I was sharing that with, I, th- I believe it's Sam Stark a couple of weeks ago. You know, it's like. I didn't know that was in there. You know, it's every everything everything you can think of is in the word and unfortunately we just think we know way too much. I want to talk about some things that are very interesting to a lot of people including myself and you were talking about we talked about colors, let's talk about numbers. Because this is something that a lot of people in the church shy away from because it's been stolen and highlighted as a key element of the occult and a key element of witchcraft. How does God speak through numbers? How does this all work?
1: I love it. I tell everybody, listen, God loves numbers. You know, he started it with on the first day he created. Okay. He already identified it. He gave it. um, He called it the first day. He gave it a meaning and the the beginning. And, um, but he wrote, he also wrote a whole book about it. The book of numbers. So (laughs) (laughs) we can can take that jovially. And I tell people all the time, I said, numbers tells a story. And, um, if you don't believe it, just check your bank account, you know, it'll tell the story of where all them numbers went, you know, and what, what you did with those numbers, but numbers do talk to us and they do tell a story and they're important because God created them and he allowed man to define everything. You know, he told Adam, go out, defi- give everything a name, you know, go out and define it all. And what I tell people and what, how I feel like the Lord explained it to me was I allowed you to define it and understand it in your language. And I talk to you in your language, but then you talk to me in mine. And that's where we speak in our prayer language to him through the Holy Spirit. But God always reveals things to us in a way we can understand it. And even Jesus came and told stories or parables using things that people could relate to and so numbers are very beautiful and they're very precious and people have often asked me well like what is the biblical meaning of and so i'm like okay so yeah we can we can give it a biblical meaning but i've ventured and looked into just meanings because what what have we defined it as because god will talk again in a language that we can understand even on the day of Pentecost, when they came out of that upper room, they weren't babbling. They were speaking languages that other people could understand from other nations. Hey, you're talking my language. Hey, you're talking, I can understand that. And so I often believe that the things that we walk through in life um, helps us to be able to speak a language that maybe Glenn, you might not be able to speak, but I can, or maybe I can't speak, but you can because you've been through it. So when it comes to numbers, I tell everybody, that God has a sense of humor with me because I hated math. I did not do well in math. (laughs) A part of my children's education was homeschooling. Now that was, we had a plethora of education, but a part of that was homeschooling. And I was the teacher. We all did bad in math, but I am passionate about the numbers and helping people to kind of understand a little bit of the story of their life where their numbers are concerned. And so a lot of times I start off with just something as simple as their birthday. You know, when were you born? Tell me your birthday. And so then I'll begin to speak into that, you know, that special Mm -hmm. day that you came in to make the world a better place. Um, the doctors had a due date, but God knew the date and it was very significant for you. And so we'll start there. And then I began to, I'll use that to help them see qualities that are inside of them that maybe they've not tapped into because they didn't know were there, Mm. but now they know that. So now they have something positive outside of a negative view that they may see of themselves because that way they can build on that and begin to release that when it's tapped into Um, It's kind of like someone shared with me one time. It's like tapping into a maple tree to release the syrup, you know, and so it's tapping into that to release it. So now you'll know that this is in you. Now go be that, go do that. You know, Jesus told him all the time, now go and sin no more, because now you know who you are. Now, Mm -hmm. you know, your potential. And so our numbers release potential to tell us something about ourselves. Sometimes it might be, you know, someone constantly sees a number. So what is God saying to you in that, you know, or maybe it's an address. You know, we we bought this house recently. What does this address mean? So I just love to be able to encourage people with that. So then that's some potential that we've tapped into and now it's been released. Now go do something good with it.
0: Wow. David is hooked and he just sent us a message here. He says, eight is my favorite. Can you tell us about the number eight?
1: Well, David, I'm excited. <laughs> that eight is your favorite. The number eight is definitely, of course, it's that infinity sign where it just kind of goes on and on and on and Ooh. on and on. But, um, it also means, uh, a new beginning, a new covenant. It also means now, David, I don't know if you are, um, have a bit. I know. I guess you got your band or your music or whatever, but it's wealth and business, and so I do believe that there's a release there for you, and and it's probably and okay. And I'm I'm going to take it another step further. Um, usually, when we have been given an anointing for business or to make money. We sometimes feel like we are the poorest people on the face of this earth because we may struggle a lot in the area of our finances. It's like, what? you know. But The thing is, is that the Lord prepares us to step into our greatness, okay? So we do have to walk through things that gets us ready. And it's like the life of Joseph, okay? He had these great visions of grandeur, but then he, it seemed like all hell broke loose in his life, but then he did get to where he was going. And when he was there, he was humbler in spirit, and ready to handle the responsibility that came with that. So I do believe that God has great things in store for you. And the walk of your life is just preparing you for that, those moments of greatness and, um, and, and the journey will be well worth it. It'll be well worth it.
0: I know David and some of the things that you said, especially concerning Joseph and what happened to Joseph and his life applied to David and, uh, it's just amazing what's going on here tonight. He said, I've always had to work for myself, David. Yeah, yeah. There is a lot um, going on here tonight. This is an awesome addition. You know, we are eventually gonna have to bring you back on where we dive into some of this stuff more, but I wanna talk about the world that I live in that gets a little crazy sometimes, and that's the world of prophetic dreams. Yeah. Um, I had those, even before I was saved, I would call them premonitions. My mom would have them. It's something that runs very deep in our family. I guess it's just in the DNA. Uh, And, you know, we actually went back and um, looked at our family history, and I am related to Rembrandt, the famous Dutch painter. And when I went to Florida to a wax museum of all places, there was a statue of Rembrandt, and above it, it said that he is considered to be one of the... Greatest prophets of civilization of all time. And I had to take a picture of that and I had to remember that. I was like, ah, so I see. And my sister has a seer gifting, which is really freaky. Um, But with the dreams, why does God speak to us through dreams? And how can we know for sure that it's God speaking us through through the dream and not the Taco Bell we ate before we went to bed that night?
1: I get it. Listen, (laughs) I used to have young people that would send me their dreams, right? And I would get so exhausted with these dreams um, because they would like go all over the place and they would be some of the weirdest things. And the Lord was teaching me dreaming, you know, to interpret dreams. And I would say, oh Lord, I don't want to interpret this dream. This is crazy. I don't believe this is of you. And sure enough it would be so full of him it would be like okay god i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm so sorry i see you all in this so sometimes we may think it's the taco that we ate the night before and but god is really really in it and he's a he there's a lot of symbolism in dreams now there can be some things that are um not symbolic but that are they are what they are. Um but the majority of them are are more symbolic. But this is really where you have to rely on Holy Spirit to help you as you are interpreting uh the dream that you had or maybe that someone else has had. Um, I cannot interpret just interpret a dream just to interpret it because I really have to have divine direction. I might think I know something even like with numbers if there's numbers in a dream or symbols in a dream because some things can have multiple meanings. So it's like, okay, Holy Spirit, what meaning are you wanting to pull from this? What meaning are you giving it? Because it could have multiple meanings. And so you really just can't do it on your you could do it on your own, but that's called witchcraft, okay? So yeah, mm-hmm. you can just give it, you know, and go look it up in a book and say, okay, this means this and this means that and then just deliver it. But if you really want to hear God in it and, um, and operate in what God is wanting to show this person, you got to have the direction of Holy spirit. You got to have that connection with the Lord so that you hear and you can interpret it correctly. So again, um, what we might think is a taco dream, uh, still really could be God himself, you know, delivering a message and, and wanting us to hear what he's saying to us.
0: So when we know for certain that we get these messages from God in our sleep and during our dreams, what are we supposed to do with the information?
1: Sure. Um, I have people often ask me, like I had this dream about somebody and do I need to go tell them about this dream? So I'll tell them, I said, well, let's just wait a moment. Let's, let's look at this and let's find out what Holy spirit is wanting to convey to us in the dream. Because even seeing a person, in your dream, it might just be symbolic. It might not be for that person. It might be their name, what their name means. So then you have to look at that. It could be maybe what they do uh, maybe in their career, or maybe even if they operate in a gift, so they could be representing something. It doesn't necessarily mean, oh, I saw this person die. Do I need to go tell them, you know, to prepare? You know, to meet their creator, to meet their maker, you know, like, no, don't do that. So, So we just really have to seek the Lord to find out the meaning of the dream. And then sometimes these are things that we just ponder in our heart, like Mary did. OK, she just pondered in her heart and she watched as they became reality with the Christ child or we, we may need to go to that person. But again, uh, and I know I keep going back to Holy Spirit, but we can't do it without him because see the opposite of a relationship with Holy Spirit is witchcraft. And so because it's the flesh. So we rely on what we think. I tell people all the time the the um, most dangerous question anyone could ever ask a prophet is. So tell me, what do you think? How do you feel? And so then we're getting into our soul man, and so our soul man can deceive us. All right, and so we don't want to tell people what we think or what we feel. We want to tell people what we hear from Holy Spirit. And so um, don't I tell them don't ever ask those questions. It's okay to say I don't know, and uh, because unless Holy Spirit's revealing it to us or telling us, then we don't know, and it's okay to say that. And so um, we just have to see what God's wanting us to do with that information. And sometimes we don't have to reveal everything we know. Sometimes we just need to ponder it in our heart and mm. watch to see what happens with it.
0: Wow. So we don't have to go. We like to talk a lot, don't we?
1: We do. That is so true. Can you tell?
0: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, David, uh, he's like, she's for real, genuine. Yes. Um, We are diving into the prophetic of the prophetic arts and uh, tying this all in. And as I said at the beginning of the broadcast tonight, we focus a lot on the artists who flow in the prophetic and their art forms. But I really want to get to the the heart of what prophetic is, what it means to be prophetic, because it's so powerful. I really believe that God right now is calling for stronger prophecy, a stronger uh, movement in the prophetic to get us through the times that uh, we're moving into right now. And they are exciting times. And yes, Angela is for real. She wrote a book and I just got done. I actually read it. Yes, it is called Run for Your Life. Um, and no, this is not about, uh, me uh, burning the dinner at home and having to run for my life when when Deb finds out the dinner's burned. Um, but there's a chapter in this book, and I love it. It's chapter 11. This is how real Angela is. It's entitled Kicking Satan's Ass. Wow, that is so on Sunday school. I love it.
1: Let me tell you, go, when I was going to write that chapter, I went to my pastor. And I, and I was talking to her and I said, this is what I feel led to call this chapter. And she <laughs> said, go for it. Just do it. And I'm like, okay.
0: <laughs> David says, yes. Hey, David, that might be a great title for a new song, Kicking Satan's Ass. <laughs> I, I might have just been censored on YouTube for foul. I don't know. An ass is a donkey. I mean, my That's goodness. Right. You know, well, it's, what it's, it's, happened
1: it, was, I'm, and you, I mean, you... I don't know. You want me to refer to what I was talking about? Please
0: do. Yes. (laughs) Well, the book is
1: about running a marathon and preparing literally for that. And um, in the race, I was at like the 13th mile and um, I was by myself. Not a lot of people were around. And even the volunteers that were holding up encouragement signs had left and put sign left their signs in their chairs. So there was nobody on this stretch of land, of uh, road where I was. And so and we were running for cancer. So we were raising money. We were running with a, a team called Team and Training. And so there was a sign that said, your feet are, and I was feeling sorry for myself because I was by myself. I didn't see anybody around me. And the sign said your feet are hurting right now because you're kicking cancer's ass. And Mm -hmm. I started laughing and I thought that is so funny. I said, that's right. I'm, I'm, I'm still running. I'm making a difference what I'm doing. You know, I'm raising money. It might find a cure for cancer. You never know. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. And it's the same thing in life. Sometimes we get tired, we get weary. We get battle worn and, you know, we feel like giving up. We feel like that nobody cares or even God isn't with us. But listen, guys, that's at the time when you you're tired because you're kicking Satan's ass. And so don't quit. Don't give up. Keep going. Um, he wants to discourage you, but you're in it to win it. And so I just encourage you to keep going.
0: This is so awesome. Um David's commenting back about the song, Kicking Satan's Ass. He says he's on it right now. So we're looking forward to that. (laughs) That And And Deb does agree. Yes, she is for real. Uh, Just the mentorship that you've provided over here in the Remsen household has just been amazing just in the short amount of time that we've known you. But going back to your book, uh, Run for Your Life, you point out in that, and I don't know if it's explicitly or implicitly that God speaks to us through our circumstances prophetically or you know things that we just go through in our life. And a lot of people don't realize that. How is it that you found that God speaks to us through our circumstances? How do we tune into what he's saying?
1: And that's something that I've had to learn over the years because I was because I'm a very animated individual. I was also probably the world's biggest drama queen. So, I mean, if it was happening and it was going on, I could take it and even intensify it and make it even worse. And so the Lord had to really grab a hold of me and and say, Angela, listen, I'm working in you through every situation. And he did use the story of Joseph to kind of help pull me into an alignment and help me realize that no matter what situation Joseph found himself in, he still used his gift. He was himself. And God um, sharpened him. God polished him in those moments. Um, God reinforced who he was in those moments so that when the final time came, when he heard his name called out, he could actually go and stand before those kings and he could, you know, be who God had designed him to be and step into a very high leadership role. But it was during those moments that he heard God and he was just being who he was with God. And so I've had to learn that over the years and it's not been easy lessons. I mean, in this book, it's a good time to be you. Every chapter is about a traumatic family situation. I mean, it wasn't just all fun and games. I mean, but learning to take these traumas and just turn them into treasures. And I wouldn't, I would not take anything for all the things God's walked me through. All those lessons, I wouldn't trade them for anything.
0: Mm. Mm, Wow. You know, a lot of us, we just walk obliviously through life and we just think we're victims of everything that's going on instead of really see or we've got our head in our cell phone. Now, if you're watching the Raven's Heart live stream on your cell phone while well, you go, that's okay. But uh, we just kind of just go through passively. Passive victims is kind of the mentality that we take. Uh, David just messaged back to, and this is, I want to encourage you with this, Angela. He's got to go right now. He's uh, going to be watching this over and uh, looking at Miss Angela up. He wants to get in touch with you and would love for you to speak at his church. So um, wanted to encourage you with that. How can our viewers and listeners, listeners, first of all, get a copy of the books that you've written, because I loved the book that I read and I'm looking forward to reading the next one. How can they get a copy of your books and how can they get in touch with you and, you know, mentorship, things like that? How, how can they do that?
1: Well, first of all, I'm very honored. It's always just a pleasure to participate with God and what he's doing in your life um so you can go to my website at angela d and on there you'll find ways to reach out to me to contact me my books are there as well if you'd like to um, go into the the store and, and look at those um also i'm going to be doing a webinar Um, coming up in October and November. It is my School of Profits. We usually do it live um, in the summertime here locally, but we're taking it online as well. And it is a four session course, but there's a lot of activity uh, within those times as well. So anyway, if you're interested and you want to sign up for that, you can go there where the webinar is. But yeah, you can just reach out to me through that. And I would love to connect and just be of support to you and however I can.
0: Wow. Thank you so much, Angela. We are running out of time and we're going to have to be, we will be back next week at eight o'clock and uh, Eastern time. And we will have my friend, Doug Naden back, my friend from high school who just several months ago, I realized got saved and he is preaching the gospel now. What a wonderful testimony. And then we are only two weeks away from our favorite month of the year. Rocktober, and we got a lineup of bands that is going to rock your socks off. And we're going to start making some announcements about Get Revelation Rock Fest 2023. It's going to happen at the Hanahan Amphitheater. It's going to be awesome. And Tiffany says, Thank you for sharing. Angela, just hold on the line. I am going to close out here with our outro, and uh, I'll be right back with you. And to all of our viewers and our listeners, until next week at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, peace out and rock on lithoscry.com